Hey, Paul. Hey, Fab. How are you? Good, you. Good. All right, today's going to be a fun one uh, because obviously I jumped on the news when I saw it, which was, I guess we're jumping right into the topic, <laughs> um, which was that Merrill Lynch, which is owned by Bank of America, uh, is canceling the code calls that their trainees have to make. Um, and there's, there's a few reasons why they cite it, which is one, uh, just the results are not so, so sorry. And they're replacing it with mainly referrals and LinkedIn activity from what I understand. So that obviously, I mean, it's Merrill Lynch. They have like, I don't know how many millions of people in their database. So referrals is basically from existing clients. Um, and so they're citing, you know, like referrals, I think convert at 20, 20% and cold calls at 2%. And, um, I think they're saying it's also, it also gives a fair chance for everybody. So before cold calls were great for people that were comfortable with cold calls. Um, and they're also citing the fact that now, like with, you know, the loss of landlines and spam calls and all that stuff, people are just picking up less and less. Um, yep. and also, I guess maybe led to some bad behavior on some, some reps as well. So, uh, that's kind of what I'm reading in between the lines. <laughs> it wasn't officially stated. Uh, so yeah, so I wanted to get your, your point of view, uh, on the eternal question that I've been seeing forever, which is the cold call is dead. Is the cold call finally dead? Um, I'll answer you this way. Yes and no. <laughs> um, That's a marketing it, question. It depends. I'll, I'll tell you. I think the cold call, you say it's a marketing question? Why do you say that? Uh, marketing answer, sorry. Marketing oh, yes, answer. No, okay, yes. oh, I see. The yes and no answer. Okay. Um, I think the cold call is dead for B2C. I do. So if business to client, if you're calling someone at home, which is what Merrill Lynch was doing, right? They were calling people at home. They weren't calling businesses. Right. Um, and I think if you're calling someone at home, I definitely think it's dead. People don't have landlines. People don't want to be disturbed. You know nothing about them. You know, you're calling Jim or whoever. You, you're just real. It's a real old style cold call, right? Um, and for that reason, I think any cold call where you know absolutely nothing should be dead. Um this being said, in B2B, I think it's very different. I think in B2B, you can find out a lot about people. You can research. And your cold call, if it's strategic and intelligently built, your script, that is. Well, your script, what you're going to say. And if it's intelligent and you quickly, rapidly get to a question on the person's business, and about something you feel you might be able to help them on, I don't think that's dead at all. And I'll tell you why I think that is not dead. I think we do get a lot of spam calls at home. Hence, I don't even have a phone on my landline. The only thing connected to my landline is my alarm system. Mm -hmm. So we literally don't even hear the phone ring. Um, and I do get some spam calls once in a while on my, my cell phone. And I agree with you, like, if you know nothing about me, it's it's not going to work, right? There's so many better ways of getting me to convert to a product I might be interested in. And you, I think you stated numbers 2% for cold calls. And what was it for referrals? I think it was 20%. Yeah. So obviously, you know, low-hanging fruit, <laughs> go with what works best. So yeah. So that's my, my, my answer is really yes for B2C. I think it's dead. Um, unless, it's, unless you've done... 
a LinkedIn approach, unless you know something about the person, unless you're, you know, got a referral or whatnot, then I, I believe, then it's not a cold call, it's a warm call. Yeah. And I would say in general, and this is my yes and no, but my yes, yes, in general, the cold, cold call is dead. Yeah. Um, I, I think all, all calls are warm to the extent that you've done some research before and you know who you're trying to call. You're not saying, hey, can I speak to the president? Right. You know, I'm saying, hey, can I speak to the person who was in charge of this or that? Um, so I don't know. Do you have any questions? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes sense. And, and you know, it's an interesting take, right? So you're right. Merrill Lynch does do you know, customers. Um, and so I can see that. But I, I like how your take, though, on the business side of things, which is like the cold, cold call, just like driving up or like just picking up a phone and calling some random company. Um, even though they fit within your target market, I guess, or target firm, uh, is is not ideal. I think that, like you said, there's a lot of ways to warm up those calls by, you know, seeing what's happening online, uh, by, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, I, I know for a while when I was doing more prospecting, I was using a tool to, to check out mentions of people that were, like, looking for new CRMs or new systems. So it's like everything is, like, the information is there. I think it's just a matter of putting that, to practice, like practice it. And, uh, you know, I think for more established companies, it's leveraging. And I think that's what Merrill Lynch was trying to say also is like leverage the customers that you already have. Right. Like I think this referral idea is often not looked at or not taken into account when we're training salespeople because I was like, you yeah, world referrals are huge. Right. Uh, you know, and, and even in the B2B world, but a B2B world can be a little more difficult because, um, you know, if you're helping a specific type of client, um, their only reference or referral might be a competitor. So that's not so comfortable, right? <laughs> um, no, but for example, you work, let's say you work with a company in the IT space and, you know, that, it, especially depending on the size of the company, like they know other people in their industry, right? And yeah, you're right. Like they, they're probably, ref it might be another competitor, but, you know, might be a supplier, might be a friend, might be like referrals still exist uh, in the B2B space. Yes, they, they definitely exist. Um, I think it's important, actually, a big part of the training that I do with people, it's big, it's very, very important part to always ask people um, for some form of referral. But uh, all I'm saying is that I think in the B2C world, if you're selling investments, you know, 95% of people have investments. Right. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. It's not ninety-five percent of people who need your services or my services in the B two B world, right? Well, right. Maybe, you might think so, but <laughs> <laughs> a topic for another day. So yeah, so essentially, but back to the cold call and and cold call is a wide word for me. I I, I call it prospecting now. Um, I like the word cold called simply because it implies that you haven't spoken to them before. But really, what we're we're saying in, in many many in many many instances in today's world, hopefully, what we're saying is that we've set up an appointment through LinkedIn. We've had some form of discussion. We've done some research um, on the client, which, which if you're in a B C world, is maybe a lot more difficult. You know, like in the old world, if Merrill Lynch were asking you to make a hundred cold calls a day, you know, you weren't going to go look at a hundred. Facebook profiles to see if this person looks rich, poor, or has investments, or is with another mm. banker, or what. It's it's a lot more difficult to know. Whereas, if you're selling marketing services to companies that have you know 15 to 100 people, well, you could do that research. Or if you're trying to 
target a specific market. There's a lot of research. And I would say, even if you haven't spoken or had any direct communication, it's still not cold like it was in the past, you know? Right. No, and, that, and that's a valid point. And a point we didn't bring up, but I didn't bring up in the intro, which was like, yeah, there, I think, I think the, they were, their interns are expected to make 60 calls a day or 64 calls a day and like book like a certain number of meetings from that. But the reality became like, well, that it actually to get that number of meetings, you actually have to get a hundred calls. And, and so you're really going fast. And, and I find that interesting because I see a parallel in B2B where I've, I've worked with closely or, or not so closely with, you know, and, and we talked about this topic last time or when, not too long ago, but like sales development representatives where the instinct is like, let's just get them on the phone and, and speak to like a billion people. And it's like, maybe that's not necessarily the best. It sounds, it sounds great to be able to like, I'm going to talk to as many people as possible, but, but spending that time to do their research beforehand and to try to identify signs that might indicate that they'd be a good fit. So, you know, like, let's say, you know, you're, you talk about marketing consultant, but you talk like you do sales consulting, let's say you're on LinkedIn, you're like, Hey, I noticed your reps aren't very active on LinkedIn. You know, did you know that social selling and blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that could be an indicator that they, they might need help on the sales side. It's not a definite indicator, but it could be one. So I think it's also training your salespeople to help identify those tell sales signs. You know, for me, I, I know that if that person is not very active on LinkedIn, I'm going to have a harder time or active on social, a harder time converting them, right? Because they don't really understand the benefit of it all. It's like, there's a lot of education that needs to get done and, and so on and so forth. So there are telltale signs that people need help or more open to help in the video. Yeah, and that's, that's part of your research, right? That's part of understanding what's going on. And I would even go, I, I've said this to a few people lately, a few clients lately, I rarely get um, B2B cold calls on my phone. Mm -hmm. And the few people who I've encouraged who are in the right business have done the right research to do some cold calls. Um, I've actually had a lot of success because yeah. what's happening is you're not getting many phone calls, right? right? So if someone's calling you, you're curious. And if you're good at creating what I call a conversation starter, then you can find out very rapidly and, 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 you know, find out quickly what's going on. And if, if there's potential and, and the human voice is still a very good barometer for personality, openness, um, you know, willingness. So the cool calls dead BC. Absolutely. But I think it's alive and kicking in B2B. And if you know how to use it properly, it's actually a masterful tool because no one's getting cool. No one's getting uh, like, no one's getting phone calls anymore. Right, and that's a super valid point because on the flip side, like as you're saying, the data does indicate that, you know, like uh, prospecting attempts with no calls don't work as well, right? So if it's us all email, maybe something thin, the results of that won't be as good as if there are calls embedded into that that approach. Um, and even emails, I mean, today with Canada's uh, Canada's strict spam laws. Uh, you're 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 very limited in how you can reach out to someone. I mean, someone could call you spam if you try to reach out to them uh, unknowingly having their their email address. So really, the only the only prospecting tool, pro outbound prospecting tool, becomes LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, for someone if you're not making phone calls or writing emails. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I honestly, I'll be very honest with you. The last thing I would do with someone I don't know is write them an email. Right. 
because I'm getting a bazillion emails. Oh, pff, that's the quickest thing to delete. Right. Um, I will. It might be part of my strategy. Right. Right. But it will certainly not be for me the first part of my strategy. Um, I personally am very impatient. Uh, I read mails. And I don't get many emails. The the ones I don't read many emails that are spammy. I delete them right away. And I'm and I'm a business development guy. Right? <laughs> most most things that I bought from the B two B perspective mm -hmm. have been targeted to me through either as a business consultant, as a sales consultant, through Facebook or through LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, or have been references referrals that have been referred to me that I should speak to. Um, right. and, and so all that to say, to come back to our original conversation, uh, think about yourself. When's the last time you wrote an email to someone you didn't know without having some kind of connection to them or, or referral to them? I've done it in the prospecting sense. I mean, like you said, it was part of my tactic, attempt, right? Like calling and emailing and LinkedIn, LinkedIn stuff and shameless plug on there. Next week, we're going to have somebody from Vidyard explain how we can maybe use video to make uh, email a bit more powerful. So if that's interesting, stay tuned. And that's but, different. And I, yeah. I'll say, uh, getting a, an email with a video in it is very different. Yeah. To me, that's that's being original and that's that's using it to the advantage or sending a LinkedIn message with a video in it. I think mm -hmm. that's so, you know, that can be interesting as well. Because um, it shows, anyway, we're not getting into that. We're going to get into that next week. It's but still cold calling. It's still cold calling. So what I'm what I'm hearing from you is that, okay, but, but, but B2C, definitely cold call is most probably on, on its last legs. But uh, And B2B, if, if we can take some of the lessons of that decision that Merrill Lynch took is that, you know, if, if you're getting less results in the prospecting stage, I think it's less a question of like canceling your cold calls because the data is there to show that calls do work and they do help convert more than only emails. Um, but but maybe putting in more effort in terms of researching that person uh, or that company uh, both uh, beforehand. So it's less of a, I mean, the numbers are there, right? Like you could have one great prospect, but that's probably not going to be enough. The numbers are there, but the quality is more and more important because it is more and more accessible as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and maybe just to, I don't know if it's too soon to wrap this thing up since we're sticking to cold call. Um, <laughs> no, because I think you and I are saying the same thing. Um, you know, you saw that article, you sent it to me because I think it, it really makes sense, you know, because if we think of ourselves as consumers, when's the last time you agreed to meet someone who cold called you at home? Right. Um, I've gotten a few cold calls on my phone from financial advisors, but you know, I'm in my fifties. I have, right. I have several financial advisors. Yeah. I mean, they're good. You know, it's, it's a tough business, right? So you, that's where referrals have to come in, you know, the, and, and two, my two, three, I've got three financial advisors. One I worked with in, uh, sorry, one I went to, to, to school with, and two of them I worked with in an earlier career who changed careers. Nice. Um, but no one has ever managed from a cold, cold call to say, hey, you know, give me your money or whatnot. So I really do understand Merrill Lynch. It makes sense. Now, yep. again, I'll even say, I'll even say this. So let's say you're doing B2C and you're washing windows in the neighborhood and you have a phone and you have a phone list for a whole 
neighborhood, right? And instead of knocking on doors, you're just calling people say, hey, look, we're students, we're washing windows, are you interested? That's very different. Right. Then I would say, a cold call's okay, you know, I'm washing windows, I'm in your neighborhood tomorrow, do you want me to wash your window? You know, rather than, but even then they often knock on the door because they don't have right. your phone number. But let's say you had a list of everyone's phone number and you knew they'd answer, but no one answers, like 5% of right. people answer. You're better off walking down the street and saying, hey, here, we're students, we wash windows, you know, uh, you know, call us if you need us, right? Right, so, and that's where the the uh, that's where the importance of marketing illustrates, right? Even in this small example that you give, like it might be more beneficial for these students to just like let's let's run hyper targeted ads on Facebook yeah. for that neighborhood, yeah. uh, because one, the costs will be relatively uh, affordable, and two, it's going to be hyper targeted, right? You can say like, hey, people from X Y Z neighborhood, we're this from this state and this state. We've already done houses A, B, and C. If that's super personalized. Um, and so, so that becomes interesting. And I think that's, you know, if, if I can add in my marketing two cents, like that's where a lot of the marketing benefits come in, right? If, if, and we've talked about this a million times before, like sales and marketing need to work together. And this is a perfect example, right? If, if sales is left to their own to build pipeline, it becomes increasingly difficult because yes, even in B2B, people are not picking up the phone, right? Like we're, we're still in COVID mode and still people are working from home quite a bit. A lot of people have let go of their landlines, even in the office. And so getting a hold of the cell phone is, is a different thing. We're getting transferred is one thing, but getting a hold of somebody's cell phone, on, even on a professional side, is more difficult. And so that's where we're working with marketing to build that demand for your product. Getting people to want to talk to you um, is, is that much more important. I, I, I totally agree, Fab. And, you know, you said something just to, you know, uh, to tangent off as we always do. Um, you know, if you're trying to grow business, yes, there's sales, yes, there's marketing, but really business growth has to consider both sales and marketing. They are one. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you're trying to grow your business, do any, any, any kind of growth, uh, reach out to customer communication. You know, there's a marketing portion, there's a sales portion. They, they need to... Uh, that you know it's sort of like my wife is uh, studying anatomy and you know at one point the um you know the, the 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 muscle is joined to a ligament but really what happens is the muscle turns into ligament and you know what i mean like there's a there's sort of an overlap so sales and marketing same thing they, they join the beginning and then that's a lot of sales and a lot of marketing and and they, they're joined together they merge together they go from one another there's not a clear defined line so um, yeah, and if you loop in what we were talking about before with referrals, that's where customer services also starts getting intertwined, right? Because they're a vital part of getting referrals, right? If they can't serve a client properly because your system's not allowing you to follow through on what was being said, well, those refers, referrals will get a, be harder to get because your customers will be dissatisfied. So yeah. we start seeing how all those three kind of work customer together. Services, and you're right. I, I, I'm sorry for excluding that. You know, if it's a short sales cycle, there's maybe less customer service. But let's say we're talking about a complex sale where customer service in, is involved. Definitely, they're part of the they're part of the the mix, right? You can't, mm -hmm. they, you can't and, and I agree with you. We've talked about this before. Totally agree with you. Now, if you're selling a widget that requires no customer service, I don't know. You're selling a block of wood uh, as right. a you know as a doorstop. You know, you don't you know. Not you know, if you're selling rubber doorstops, there's not going to be much customer service going on. You know, right. Um, there's probably not going to be a lot of direct sales either. No, I, I know, but I, I'm just, you know, the, the doorstop to be sales. So. <laughs> well, how do cool. we wrap this up, buddy? We'll wrap it up. So conclusion, put in effort. If you're in B2B on the cold call, yes, keep your cold calls, but 
encourage your reps or your business development reps to put in some research to really find the conversation starter, I guess, as you, as you called it before. Well, I, I, I'd go further than encourage. I'd say insist, because if you don't insist, it's, then it just becomes a useless cold call. It's a waste of time, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So, so yes, can, yeah, continue. And, and then what's the third thing, third thing you were going to say? Uh, no, that's it. Keep the calls because okay. they, they, they're important, but do your research. Um, there you go. That's, 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 how, that's how you have success. Boom. There you go. That should be your, your tagline if you do a video. That's our tagline now. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thanks, Fab.